a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. NASA's Artemis One Orion spacecraft has successfully achieved lunar orbit. Orion performed an 88-second burn on Friday afternoon that inserted the spacecraft into a distant retrograde orbit, or DRO, around the moon. Earlier today, Orion set a new record, getting farther from Earth than any previous human-rated spacecraft. The previous mark of 248,655 miles was held by Apollo 13, which looped around the moon rather than land after an oxygen tank in the spacecraft's service module failed in deep space. Orion will continue its orbit for two more days, reaching a maximum distance of 272,515 miles on Monday, November 28th. The capsule will leave lunar orbit with an engine burn on December 1st, then start heading home to Earth and returning on December 11th with a splashdown in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California. You can follow along with the mission in real time via the NASA website at nasa.gov backslash specials backslash track Artemis. Earlier this week, in a surprising move, Bob Iger replaced Bob Chapek as Disney chief executive officer. Iger's reinstatement comes two weeks after the company reported its lowest closing price for Disney shares in more than two years, as well as a third quarter earnings report that reportedly frightened Wall Street. Chapek's tenure as CEO had been marked by unprecedented events as the company was compelled to abruptly shut down its theme parks around the world due to the pandemic, as well as dealing with other disruptions, closures that affected every aspect of the company's business. He was also forced under pressure to issue a public apology to Disney employees for the company's handling of lobbying efforts and political donations in Florida tied to the state's recent anti-LGBT legislation. Chapek also engaged in a high-profile conflict with actress Scarlett Johansson over the company's decision to send her feature film Black Widow to Disney+, Plus, given that movie theaters were still mostly closed. But despite these events, Disney's board of directors had extended Chapek's contract earlier this summer, issuing a statement that read in part, Bob is the right leader at the right time for the Walt Disney Company, and the board has full confidence in him and his leadership team. Iger had been at the Disney helm for 15 years prior to his departure only three years ago. He had overseen acquisitions that transformed the company. In a statement, Iger said, 
I am extremely optimistic for the future of this great company and thrilled to be asked by the board to return as its CEO. Disney and its incomparable brands and franchises hold a special place in the hearts of so many people around the globe, most especially in the hearts of our employees, whose dedication to this company and its mission is an inspiration. I am deeply honored to be asked to lead this remarkable team with a clear mission focused on creative excellence to inspire generations through unrivaled, bold storytelling. End quote. <clears throat> the January issue of Empire Magazine hit newsstands this week. It features exclusive interviews and images from the upcoming Indiana Jones sequel starring Harrison Ford. You can see some of those images on one of the Fantastic Forum social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. The as-yet-untitled Indiana Jones 5 opens in theaters on June 30, 2023. And the opening sequence to the film features a de-aged Ford fighting Nazis in 1944 before a flash-forward to 1969 when the movie is set. An anniversary this week as November 21st marked 81 years since the second of Max and Dave Fleischer's animated Superman shorts, The Mechanical Monsters, was released. The first episode of BBC TV's long-running Doctor Who aired 59 years ago on November 23rd, 1963. November 26th was the 100th birthday of cartoonist Charles M. Schultz. Schultz was the creator of the popular Peanuts syndicated comic series. And last Sunday saw the final episode of AMC's long-running series The Walking Dead based on the comic book series by Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore, and Charlie Adler. Some sad news this week as Jason David Frank took his own life on November 20th. The American actor and mixed martial artist was best known to genre audiences for having portrayed Tommy Oliver from the Power Rangers. He was 49. Today, we're talking about some of these news items, as well as the Andor series on Disney+, Plus, which aired its season one finale on Wednesday. Joining me are Drew Bittner, Camille Richardson, and Mike Lunsford. And I am going to start welcoming everybody to the show. So, um, has everybody actually had a chance to uh, <laughs> to look at that Andor series? What's Andor again? Yeah, is it like actual wars in space? Or is, is that what we're talking about here? It's not just one family we're following? Yeah, hey, you know, it, uh, I think we're working on it. <laughs> I mean, is, is, there, is there more than one small group of people actually doing things in this place? Is it, you know, the smallest galaxy ever? Are we going beyond three planets? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really could have called it Village Wars. <laughs> Well, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I honestly, I don't even know how to respond to all of that. <laughs> but hey, look, we're we're all we're all Star Wars fans here, and um, uh, you know, Camille in particular had uh, Camille had some really interesting things to say about this, hmm. and I'm, I'm I'm you know because <laughs> I I don't know that she was nearly as enamored with it as Roberto Ortiz. 
who is not on the show today, and that's a terrible shame because Roberto had gone all in, all in like a mug on this thing. You know, it's basically what it was. I, I you know, I, I haven't even, I haven't. I'll, seen I'll try to channel like Roberto for us. Today, uh, so. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Here's the thing about Andor. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Andor's the best. No said. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but before we get to that, um, I thought we might spend uh, just a moment or two on a couple of these other items. Uh, because, of course, this the big story over at Disney. I mean, who, who, who saw that coming? Good heavens. And this is after, this guy just got a new contract, or contract extension, rather, as recently as June. You know, I mean, and, and the board, you know, the board chair, Arnold, is like, uh, yeah, we have full confidence in him. <laughs> it's like, oh, and then they showed him the door. He's crying his eyes out with $1,000 bills. <laughs> right? I mean, his severance is going to be... Millions. Because, I mean, the contract itself. Yeah. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's not going to be hurting in that department. Yeah, he's, he's walking with millions and millions of dollars and, you know... So, so I'm, I'm sure he's crying his eyeballs out. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it, hey, the money isn't everything. I mean, no, it's a prestige thing and it's a pride thing, and I think that that's what's going to hit Chapek the hardest. But like, there's more going on here than than meets the eye because there's already been stories coming out that like Chapek is a how do I artfully oh, put this? Oh, good heavens. He's mm. a he's a businessman, and he was oh. cooking the he was cooking the books in many ways to make Ooh. things look better than they actually were. Yeah, I heard and that. That people were starting to find out about it, and that this is why it was done so quickly. And then they brought in somebody that they already knew could do things because Iger was like beloved. However, most like Disney files mm-hmm. absolutely could not stand Chapek, and like he had caused so many problems, he had caused so many issues, but he was making the company money. And Iger even said it's like he just doesn't understand that this is not the way things are done. Like a perfect example mm. is running running the parks. So like he yeah. would raise the price on things. And like in a business sense, that makes you know that makes sense. But Iger would would say he was watching it from home. He's like, man, this guy just doesn't get it. He doesn't get how Disney works. Mm-hmm. And like I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I appreciate that commentary because especially you and your family are people who patronize the parks. We might and occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> we've, we've gone a couple times. Yeah. You know. And Disney has become, I mean, and, and hey, I guess they really owe Bob Iger for this, but Disney has become almost like a force of nature in terms of uh, its cultural influence. I mean, you know, geez, to the point where having this war with the state of Florida, you know, over uh, LGBTQ stuff. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, and, and that deal that they have as far as essentially they, they are their own tax district. Yes. Yep. There you go. I mean, down yep. there. So it, it's, it's, it's unprecedented in terms of what they're doing in Florida well, the, the, and, and broader culturally. But there's mm-hmm. there's a problem for the people in, that live around that area in that now the taxes are going to fall on them rather than yep. on Disney. And that's they're not going to like that too much. No, no they're not. <laughs> it was something that DeSantis did, and this is a petty, petty move, and it's going to bite him because he it wins over part of his – fan fandom you know like mm-hmm. for lack of yeah. a better term where mm-hmm. they're like yeah you get disney because there's all those crazy conspiracy theories that i will not say on the air here thank because you. i'm not going to give them any any fuel thank you <laughs> but like there's all of those people who believe that disney's into all sorts of horrible things he knew that if he did that that they would all back him and they have but the problem is is it's going to cost taxpayers millions of dollars because this literally didn't hurt anybody 
the way Disney had it, it was basically they were self-governed in the sense that they had their own um, fire department, their own yep. police department, yeah. their mm-hmm. own EMTs. Like mm-hmm. they managed their own roads. Now the state of Florida is going to take on that tax bill. But all because DeSantis wanted to be petty. That was stupid. That was, it was really, stupid. really stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but this is this is a, a pattern with a lot of politicians. They will shoot themselves in the foot because they feel that that makes their base happy and they don't care about the consequences because they figure, well, I'll, I'll either have moved on to another office or I'll gotten reelected by then, so who cares? Yeah. Well, and uh, this guy, yeah, certainly. I mean, cause it, it's going to be one or the other because he's running for president yeah. and he just got reelected. You know, yeah. I mean, and it's, it, I, I believe it's going to be at least another two years before the people in that area have to begin absorbing these costs. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all of this was baked in at the point at which DeSantis made these choices. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the broader uh, Disney impact, you know, I mean, and hey, I mean, obviously Bob Iger gets it. But what's fascinating to, well, uh, one of the many elements to this that's fascinating to me is how CEOs are selected. And uh, apparently, Iger had to give this guy his blessing. You know, I mean, he was sort of his hand-picked successor. And, um, you know, hey, obviously it didn't work out. But, you know, Mike, like you said, he's sitting at home like, this guy just doesn't get it. What the heck? Yuli, there's a factory in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, that actually turns these people out. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes it's a defective product. But, you know, they all come out of the same factory and, you know. You know, for a second when you started talking, I thought that was serious. <laughs> I'm very good at that. factory and what? Yeah. <laughs> There's part a factory. Of, part of what makes you a good writer, I'm sure. Thank you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing. Mike, did you have anything else to add on this thing? I've said plenty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all. I've said too much. <laughs> it was all very interesting and informative. So, uh, but yeah, but so I, I, I thought you, we you would. Threw me, you, you threw me a, a fat pitch right down the middle. Like you, you like, <laughs> yes. threw it right in my wheelhouse. It's like Disney stuff. Oh, okay. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's going. It's going. It's going. Ah! Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk. Andor. I think Camille really wants to get oh in on this. Lord, <laughs> well, you know, before we get to that, I need to remind all our listeners that this is Fantastic Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM and streaming via WERA FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford, Drew Bittner and Camille Richardson, and we were just talking a little bit about the change in leadership over at the Walt Disney Company, or is it just Disney now? I, I forget, but of course, um, Bob, and I, was, I'm, I wasn't pronouncing his name, what is it, Bob Chapek, Chapek, what is it? Chapek. Chapek, okay. Chapek. Bo- yeah, Bob Chapek, out, but wait. Bob Iger in. Oh, they're both, they're both Bob. Bob, Bob. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. Wow, okay. Like I, like yeah, I said, Meet, meet the new Bob, same yeah. as the old Bob. Factory. Yes, factory. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel compelled, even though I have not been a fan of the Power Rangers franchise, I'm compelled just to observe the passing of this Jason David Frank, because I've been to a lot of conventions, and he has been a guest at a number of conventions, and it was really great with the fans. Apparently, was a really nice guy. Um, I know that there are all sorts of uh, personal issues that people have, and you know, but it's just very tragic that he was not able to get help, and that after this altercation with his estranged wife, apparently, 
that he elected to take his own life. And, uh, you know, but again, I, I, I know that there are so many people out there who are fans and just looking at the outpouring of sympathy that I saw on social media connected with this, I feel like it just deserves uh, at least a mention before we move on to something else. Like I said, I'm I'm not a uh, fan of the Power Rangers. Uh, you know, I, was, um, well, there you some, go. As somebody who grew up in the '90s, there was something pretty crazy about having to change your schedule and tell your friends, "Nah, guys, I can't go out and, and play today. I have to run home and see how the." Um, this whole Green Ranger saga is going to end. <laughs> like, I don't like it, some of y'all may not appreciate it. Maybe some of you, y'all are too old. Some of you might have been too young. But like that was that was game changing because that show was the biggest thing on TV. Like you couldn't get the toys for for Christmas. Like it was it was impossible to get them. And mm. like this dude, because the show was cool already. But then he showed up. The Green Ranger showed up, and Tommy was was bad, dude. Like, <laughs> like in all senses of the word. And like he, I, we've all been in these circles where we've gone to the cons, we've know the people, we talk to people, and like you hear rumblings about things, right? About mm-hmm. certain people. Oh, this mm-hmm. guy's a jerk. This guy's kind of oh, yeah. rude. This guy's kind of a mm-hmm. creep. I never once heard even so much as a bad whisper about him. Jason David Frank, I heard every single person I knew that had met him or dealt with him or did an interview was just like, this dude is just solid gold. And like all of us know that like we've all dealt with these people and like that says a lot. And like I I was never a huge fan of the series after like I was out of my like, you know, like my early like my uh, elementary slash middle school days. Mm -hmm. But like I had nothing but respect for this dude. So like it just it was it was really, really sad to see this happen. Yeah, uh, you know, and I knew I was serving you up another fat pitch when I <laughs> mentioned that, you know. But uh, yeah, so that was just really sad, and um, you know, of course, uh, it, it calls into uh, question, you know, the whole thing about uh, people's mental and uh, emotional health, and um, you know, so I, I would just say that um, people need to reach out if you need help, and mm. in fact. I am uh, desperately looking here for the... And people need to be open for the reach out. That's the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That too. And it doesn't... You're not immune to it just because you have money or fame. Yep. Like, that's... Oh, every, certainly every, not. Everyone, everyone needs mental health uh, help at times. And mm-hmm. that's... That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. And, in fact, that was something else that I saw on social media because, you know, I, I realized that, you know, sometimes people don't don't understand what's going on and so uh you know but somebody had said oh but he had everything how could he do this well you know you're not in that situation and uh, and you don't get it so look uh if you or someone you know may be struggling with suicidal thoughts you can call the u.s national suicide prevention hotline at 800-273-TALK that's 800-273-8255 anytime day or night or chat online. Crisis Text Line also provides free 24-7 confidential support via text message to people in crisis when they dial 741-741. So that is our public mm. service announcement. Uh, but Andor, Andor, Andor 
ended its season on Wednesday. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I almost feel a little guilty because, and I guess we might have to extend this out, talk about another, another show, because we don't have Roberto, and <laughs> Roberto has been all in on this show. I He's mean, the keeper of the flame. Yeah, I mean, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, talking about the historical references and all of that stuff. And it's been, you know, I mean, all I do is like, I sit back and I'm like, you go, Roberto. So, but, but, um, Camille Richardson has also um, been somebody who is, you know, why, why absolutely. Calling her, no, no, call her out, man. No, no look, I'm why? just saying that, you know, she's one of the most serious Star Wars fans that I know. And I really admire that. In fact, got me into watching more Star Wars because the animated Star Wars, I mean, I hadn't Clone Wars. I didn't know nothing of that. Star Wars Rebels, I know nothing of that. You know, I'm on, I'm in season four now of Rebels. You know, uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, and, and I, appre- yeah, I, 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 I appreciate it, though, because all this stuff has been really good and it has helped in terms of fleshing out the Star Wars universe. And, you know, but I, I grant you, Andor isn't like any kind of Star Wars that anybody has seen. And in fact, Camille mentioned to me that it doesn't feel like Star Wars to her. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Now, it, so I'm just... Wh- I don't wh- hate it. No, no, no. And not- I, <laughs> hey, look, look, even if let you did... Let me by saying I don't hate it. Yeah, even if you did, that would be okay. I because, don't hate you know. it at all. I do think mm. it, it, it is... In- there was somebody who, who said that... They compared it to a novel. It's just very, very dense and complex, and there's so much exposition that it takes a while, but once you kind of get there, it's so incredibly fleshed out that... You know, you just have so much of a bigger appreciation for it, and and I definitely see that. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I was, I was late with enjoying it. I, I tried and I tried watching it three times. The first three episodes, I fell asleep every single time. Mm. Uh, it just, <laughs> it was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning. Um, episode six is when it finally got me, and I was in. And episode ten is probably one of the very best things I've ever seen done in Star Wars ever. Mm. Um, specifically because of Andy Serkis' performance. Mm. Um, and that one, like, I mean, there's certain moments in that, and it made me ball, like, just like that. Um, but uh, it hasn't really gotten me as much since episode 10. So I guess, yeah, there are 12 total. I, I watched the last one today. Um, it's still very good. I just, sometimes I do think it can be a little pretentious and up its own ass, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean that it, it's bad. I guess I just... I guess it's always going to be for me pacing with this one and needing a little bit more, maybe a little bit more action, maybe a little bit more hope sprinkled in through there. I know it's dark. I know it's gritty. I know that's kind of the point of it. And you're seeing like the real hardship of what it is to start this organization or even the idea of a rebellion, let alone organization. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's just something that in my heart, it's not really pulling me as much as other shows have and and even though like you know Book of Boba Fett was such a mixed bag like it was just so mm. bad that it was funny <laughs> 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 like I mean this is definitely Oof. incredible and it's brilliant but like it's not something that I like want to like sit down and necessarily like rewatch like Mandalorian okay if that makes sense I yeah. totally I totally get what you're saying Camille but I disagree but we're like two sides of the same coin like the yin and the yang of this because like for me i love that what this does for the depth of star wars because 
there's the high fantasy aspects, the sci-fi aspects where it's just like it's the 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 wizarding, you know, essentially like of the Jedi's and like the lore and all of that. And I love that. But then I also love this, this dirty, this gritty like feel to it where it's just regular people. And like yeah. we saw a little bit of that with Mando and like a little bit of that with with Boba Fett with, you know, some really bad stuff <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> so but bad. like this is, I, I'm, I love this. I love that we're seeing a completely different side of Star Wars, but I love that they're taking what was really, really good about Rogue One and expanding on it and not just giving it like fan service, like really digging deep into this and telling some really awesome stories. Like, and I, I absolutely I, adore Rogue One. Um, yeah. I think for me, it's just like you have 12 episodes. I just I still stand by the fact the first four episodes could have been an episode and a half. Uh, Camille, yeah. Camille, you, you mentioned that uh, Andor hasn't felt like real Star Wars to you. Did um, Rogue One feel like real Star Wars to you? It felt like Star no, Wars. Not, not like real Star I mean, it was different from any other Star Wars. It was different said, than any yeah. other Star Wars, yeah. yeah. I mean, same with Andor as well. And it's like, but I'll tell you, like the first like six episodes or so, it, like it could have been any other kind of a sci-fi thing. It's mm. just how it felt to me. Okay, all right. Again, um, I don't hate it. <laughs> I do like it, you know, but it's, it doesn't necessarily, like, give my my nervous system butterflies of happiness, if that makes sense. It like, does. Like, I'm not getting, like, these really high moments other than, like, mm. again, like, episode 10 was just so brilliantly done in every way. Mm. That, mm. that makes a ton of sense because, like, there's a certain amount of, like, anytime you hear a lightsaber ignite, you're like, oh, snap, here we go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that endorphin rush that you get from that, this was not that. No. And not in a bad way for me, at least. Mm -hmm. Like, this was just, like, it was a spy thriller. This was, like, this felt like not Star Wars. And and, and you could have... Nah, there you go. You said it, too. Anybody, <laughs> I mean, anybody could have watched this. And actually, Tony Gilroy even said that when they were creating it. Like, anybody could watch this, even if they weren't a Star Wars fan, and totally pick up on the story. I mean, that's the reason why I love, of all MCU films, my favorite is still Winter Soldier. Mm. But I, I think maybe that. just for me, it, it, it literally is a pacing issue for me. Or it's just, it's it's not having enough action for me, which just sounds kind of pathetic. But, <laughs> 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 like, I shouldn't need that. Well, but. It's, it's also, I mean, there, the issue of connectedness is, is a good one because we're dealing with characters that are not the characters that we know. We don't really know Mon Mothma very well. We see an awful lot of her in this, and we get her sense of like what her position is, but we don't really know her yet, so we don't have an awful lot of emotional investment to her walking in. We don't really know Cassian except for Rogue One. Um, we're not seeing Cassian in the context that we know him, which is with K2SO and being kind of a hard-bitten you know, black ops guy. Um, we don't know Luthen. We don't know Batman. Marva. We don't know B2. You know, we don't know the people of Ferrix. So, so there's an awful lot of, like, starting from scratch in this. And and I get that. So, I mean, And that's okay to start from scratch. You can do all kinds of... Because it's a galaxy. It's wars. It's Star Wars, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, I mean, Rogue, Rogue One is really all about the building of the Death Star. And so that gives everybody that context. It's like, it's right there. This is This is the story immediately before New Hope. Yeah. So, so you get that. This is a little different. It's it's years before, and we're sort of, well, okay, we're in the middle of figuring out what's this rebellion thing going to be. So, so I get that. Um, I mean, I liked it. It worked for me, but but I do see your point that it's it doesn't have an awful lot of Star Wars hooks to it. So it's not especially sticky as far as like your 
your Star Wars connections. Well, and especially when you consider what has been largely presented through Star Wars. You know, I mean, this is because it's been about the mystical elements, the Force, the it's Jedi. A holy war. You know, yeah, it's a holy you know, war. yeah. Well, I mean that too. But and we've seen, yeah, you know, we've seen. Uh, privateers before, you know, uh, uh, bounty hunters and this kind of thing. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, not as as intense as, as we have with this. One of the things that I find really interesting about this show is that they, they it, it, well, watching it has been such an intense experience for me. I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm like, man, this stuff is... I mean, it's just, it's, it's a suspense show, you know? And I mean, I'm, I'm, it's taken me through things. My stomach is churning while I'm watching this there's, thing a there's lot, no of lot of the time. There's no know? plot of Les Mis in it, like, you know, Les Miserables. You know, the idea of, you know, Valjean and Javert and Cyril being this relentless, you know, he's always searching for a way to get Cassian Andor, no matter what it takes, because he figures that's his way, his ticket back to being who he used God, to be. That's a good comparison. Well, but see, and see, this guy, I mean, and I've been waiting, I mean, to I'm... To name I'm, one subplot. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, and I'm waiting, because... It, Cassian could have took the... Oh, by the way, there may be spoilers. If you haven't watched the season finale of Andor, if you haven't, yeah, you haven't watched the whole series, there may be spoilers. So, Not yeah, for but, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks but, for no, that now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, but this guy, um, you know, he's all... He's, he's fixated yeah. on Andor. But it's because of him that this whole thing happened in the first place. Yeah. If he'd have just stayed in his lane, minded his own business like his boss told him, everything yeah. would have been fine. I mean, because of him... You know, the Empire came to Ferex, you know, and, you know, it's like, I mean, it's, yeah. it, 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 he's... Cost he, all his friends is their jobs. Yeah. You know, some of them their <laughs> yeah. lives, you know, I yeah. mean, it's... It, it, and it, he it's, doesn't really care about that. He just wants Cassian. <laughs> well, he really wants him now. He had yeah. to move back home with his mom. Yeah. With his Dude, mom. did anybody oh, else think mom? that he was going to off his mom? Because I thought that he was just going to His triggered me. So badly, it's like tell me how much of a disappointment again, mother. Like, oh my, oh my god. god. Well, he, he, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't offer, but he stole from her. Well, yeah, they, <laughs> hey, hey, and and you know, before we get too far down the rabbit hole, that musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA ninety six point seven FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station, which means, among other things, that we're non commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you to be able to operate the radio station and provide the listeners with the quality product that they have come to expect over low these seven years that we have been on the air. Visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org and find out how you can make your tax-deductible gift in support of community media today. And if you do it before the end of the year, you can claim this on your taxes. But look, we're going to take a short break, like I said, but Camille and... Oh, sorry, Roberto's not on the show. (laughs) Camille and Mike and Drew and I will be right back right after this. Don't go away. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 
96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Camille Richardson, Drew Bittner, and Mike Lunsford. And when we took the break, we were talking a little bit about the Disney Plus series that just ended its first season earlier this yeah it is <laughs> new week doesn't start till tomorrow earlier this week uh, Wednesday uh, Andor uh, starring Diego Luna in fact who is also one of the producers of the show so he's getting a couple of different checks but um, the the show has been hailed as uh, well hey I'm just gonna say it's been hailed as being brilliant a uh, part of which is due to the phenomenal cast uh, which includes Stellan Skarsgård, who plays a character called uh, Luthen. Um, wait a minute, he is. Okay, wait. Yes, Luthen Rail. Thank you, uh, Drew. And um, Luthen is uh, is really something. Uh, in fact, uh, let's let's take a listen to this soliloquy that he has in um, one of the. In fact, I think it's in episode eleven. But uh, if I if I mess that up. My panelists will let me know, but take a listen to this. And what do you sacrifice? Calm. Kindness, kinship. Love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight. has set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost, and by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! You'll stay with me, Lonnie. I need all the heroes I can get. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was episode 10. Okay, episode... Oh, yep. hey, there you go, Camille. More of, <laughs> more of the yep. gift that keeps on giving because that was mm -hmm. Because that whole scene was running in parallel with Kino Loy in the prison and... The the this, the outcome is parallel. I mean, Luthen survives. We don't know if Kino does or not, but they're both. <laughs> well, he can't swim. Thank well, you for leaving that open ended. They they do, <laughs> but they're but they're both hoping for a, for a better world that they know they will never see, mm, yeah. and that's what they're willing to give up. They'll give up everything, and mm. it's both. It's it's so it's the parallel of those of those stories that I think really gives episode ten its real real power. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I found particularly fascinating about this. Oh, and uh, by the way, if you have not watched the Disney Plus original series Andor, 
uh, you just need to be mindful that there will be spoilers. So um, I hope you've watched it. <laughs> so Especially anyway, when Darth though, Vader comes in. Oh, oops, uh, ha, ha, yeah. <laughs> um, I kept, you know, because I had to edit that a little bit because there were some pauses for dramatic, dramatic effect uh, that I want to take out. But also at the end, because uh, Luthen is talking to a spy that the rebels have in the uh, Imperial Security Bureau. And um, this guy, has he's trying to get out. Apparently, he has been compromised for some time feeding the rebellion information. And he's trying to get out. And he has just brought Luthen news about an ISB ambush that is set up on a rebel cell that is planning an attack. Uh, if you've been watching this, you see that the rebellion, uh, the cells are beginning to act in concert. And um, there is, in fact, a cell that pulled off a heist uh, that um, Luthen actually arranged, for which he engaged Cassian Andor. And it's one of the things that has kind of triggered the Empire now. So anyway, but they have this plan, and they're going to launch this ambush on this Imperial cell. And so the spy is like, yeah, you can't launch this attack. And Luthen's like, yeah, but if we call it off, they'll know that we got word, you know, and how do we find out? They'll know we have a spy. No, you know, we just got to sacrifice these guys, right. you know? So, um, yeah. But, Saw Gerrera is not thrilled. Well, and we'll come right back to that. But yeah. the, but what I liked was at the end where he says, stick with me, Lonnie. I need all the heroes I can get. Yeah. And and at the very end of the show, because he, he's realized that Andor is a dangling loose end. Mm -hmm. And so the plan was, well, we've got we to kill him. To yeah. keep his mouth shut. Yeah. But then Andor shows up at the very end and he's like, either kill me or take me in. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's like, and the way he recruited him earlier in the series, you're like, oh yeah, look at this. It's like, oh now you want to be you want to be one of us? You want to be a Robin? <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, okay. Maybe we can make this work. Although I'm not entirely convinced because it was Andor's pistol. I'm not entirely convinced it would have shot <laughs> if <laughs> Luton had tried to use it on him. <laughs> but um, you know, he he's one of these heroes, and especially since we see what happens to Andor uh, through the events of Rogue One, and uh, you know, but the the Empire, it, 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 well, I, the Rebellion, is in a lot of ways as dirty as the Empire is. I mean, in terms of the methods that they employ. Now, as it happens, their goals are more honorable. But I think it's very telling uh, what Luthen says about you know the the tools that he uses and how it has compromised him and and of course what we see later in the story is that the rebellion softens a little bit you know i mean cuz they're like and and hey but they even cuz hey mon mothma is there and yeah. she's had to compromise herself but it's like many boffins died well, to bring us this information well think but, about think you know, about mm. i mean well, wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold that thought one second, because I want to come back to what Camille was saying about, um, were you Saw saying? Guerrera? Yes, Saw Oh, oh yes. That Thank realization yes. of just like, wait, you're literally talking about sacrificing our own and being okay with it? I mean, Saw Guerrera was already paranoid as hell uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. through all of his yeah. events through mm -hmm. Clone Wars and on, and this just kind of like set him off on a completely different coast. Because, I mean, that sets up everything of what he deals with with Jin and why he wouldn't want to harbor somebody who is 
the daughter of the guy who created the Death Star. I like that's just a big old target. But mm. it's interesting to see how how that will play out, and I actually I wonder if we'll see more of Saw. Yeah. Well, the the uh, again that's another brilliant part of the writing with this story because here's Saw going off on this paranoid rant and he's like have you got somebody planted here with me and Luthen's by yeah yeah it's your boy you know he's the traitor yeah I mean that was just like that guy yeah I was like what oh crap you know but I mean you know and he's saying I mean this was this was why I didn't want you with him you know because one of my boys yeah well because what set the whole thing off you know he was trying to get Saw to work with this guy who was launching this attack and Saw is like nah I don't think so but then saw is like yeah i'm gonna do it we're gonna team up and he's like no nah, don't do it now no, <laughs> you know? don't, do it. don't do it it's like well, why don't you want me to do it oh you've got and then then he's just going down the, the rabbit hole wait you know something what do you know <laughs> you know and, and one thing leads to another until it's like yeah your boy is my informant <laughs> you know? it's like <laughs> well i mean think about think about rogue one there's that scene where Jin is going to the ship and she's going to go alone and get the plans at scarif and Cassian stands up and says, we've all done horrible things Yes. on the way mm-hmm. here. Let's mm-hmm. do something good. Mm-hmm. So, so Cassian is at the point that Luthen was at back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah it, it, so there's that, there's that nice, there's that nice yeah. resonance that, you know, after all these years, Cassian has become disillusioned and world-weary. And, you know, he said, and, and this may be the last thing he ever does, but he wants to be for a good cause. Mm, yeah. You know, and Mike, you had said something about this a number of times, because I know how much you like that Rogue One movie, especially that <laughs> little sequence with Darth Vader. You know, at the end. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with it is, one of the things that I'm really enjoying about it is we're starting to see these little parallels to Rogue One that I think we're going to get paid off here soon. So, for instance, Jin has a kyber crystal necklace that was her mother's. Mm-hmm. So why does she have that? They don't really explain that. Um, Luthen gives Cassian a giant freaking kyber crystal. Oh, that was a kyber crystal? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh! Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. they just say that they're valuable, but we don't know why. And my guess mm-hmm. is... They're, they're, they're going to tie this together. My guess is, is that it's a symbol. Because the only... The Emperor wants kyber crystals. Like, so this is a, a deep lore cut, if you didn't know this. Um, the Death Star is powered by kyber crystals. Sword of lightsabers. Yeah. But yeah. that was the point, is the Emperor did that on purpose as a giant middle finger to the Jedi. And wasn't Thrawn after a, a big majority of that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, all of this is very symbolic. So, like, for them to be using the kyber crystals as currency or, like, as a symbol makes a lot of sense. It, because they're both using them. Both the Empire is using them and the Rebellion is using them, but for vastly different things. Yeah. And I think that there's a parallel there, too, because Luthen is talking about, like, you know, hey, I have to use these tools that my enemy uses. Like, but one is using them for oppression and one is using them to fight oppression to win freedom. Right. So I think that there's a really interesting parallel there. Um, I love how they're doing this, though, where you're seeing, like, hey, this is what it's like when regular people fight these wars these these and and it's almost like hopeful for like us the viewer because it's like this is the way you take down fascism whereas the end of rogue one is like hey you're fighting fascism except for this dude with a giant red lightsaber who can pick you up and chuck you across the room and choke you at the same time (laughs) oh yeah you can't shoot him either because he's gonna block all your like yeah and he's not in a good mood right (laughs) he's very upset he's kind of annoyed 
Uh, I'll, His I'll boss say, is going to be pissed. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. One of the most. Wait, wait, hold, most... hold that thought one second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Mike Lunsford and Camille Richardson and Drew Bittner, who is about to make a point. Um, I was going to say one of the most interesting characters to me in the whole show was Mon Mothma's husband, Perrin. Um, oh, he totally sucked. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's an awful. He's a, he mm. he represents the people living in the in the empire who are mm. not affected by the yes. evil of it and are blind. Well, who are benefiting from yeah. the evil who of be- it? Benefit yeah. from it, mm. and they're they're not only deliberately blind to it, but they write it off as, oh, well, that's just the price of doing business. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and this callous, you know, monstrously inhumane view of the world that I, I'm getting mine and that's all that really matters. Um, I think that's a powerful statement that the show's making. I no, mean, to I the agree. point that he's willing to marry off his daughter, like, he doesn't care. Well, Mon Mothma was willing to do that. Yeah, she was, and, she was, she was she married to that financier yeah. that was getting her money. Yeah, she had to. So right. she had to. She had to compromise her own principles. Well, but the little girl was all in. I mean, whatever yeah. their their cultural uh, traditions were. But okay, but a couple of things Devil's because golden. we're yeah because we're almost out of time, and and a couple of things that I really wanted to make sure that I I make a point of. So Camille, you had said that it was difficult to get into the first three episodes. That's something I've heard a lot of people saying. Um, I think. You know, because that, that I was a little bit different. I mean, I I didn't care how slow it was, and yeah, nothing happened in like basically the first two shows, and I'm like, I'm fine with it. I mean, in fact, they gave me too many up front, but I understand why they did it because you really needed to watch the first three episodes taken together because that was going to draw you in more to the series. And I think that there were a number of people who had more trouble with it. Um, you know, again, for me, it was like, damn, this thing is so freaking intense. I mean, it, you know, and and yes, they were talking through the whole thing, and and honestly didn't bother me although i you know cuz anything star warsy chances are yeah i'm 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 a sellout i'm what the heck can um can but, i say one yeah. thing or yes. yes i just want to make one point of Deidre, phenomenal oh yeah i she is Deidre Mero. so incredible yeah. and Did, well done Deidre and just Mero. heinous yeah mm-hmm. She's Amazing cold. character. Yeah. Cold as ice. Oh, she's good. Well, and in comparison to all, because you know everybody who works for the ISB is awful. <laughs> you know, all of them are awful. And especially oh, that Yularen. guy. Hmm? You have uh, General Yularen. Oh, he's the guy who's in charge. Oh, no, wait, wait. He's part of the ISB, but yes. he used to be uh, all through the Clone Wars on the Republic side. And he was actually oh. the one who did the voice for the intro of every single oh, Clone Wars episode. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, I didn't realize that. <laughs> wow. You know, and people like that are you know, even more heinous. Because, like, wow, you were with the Republic. Yeah, like, you switched you, sides. Yeah, basically. You know, oh, I, I, I mean, excuse me. I stuck with the winning side. Did he really side. switch sides? He just kept getting a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. as far as he was concerned, it was, I mean, like, I get, I'm not saying he's a good guy. Let me be clear, okay? <laughs> but all I'm saying is, is like, he went from being a, a general for the Republic, and then they were like, oh, hey, we're the Empire now. And he's like, so I don't have to change my uniform. They're like, no, I can stay on the ship. Yeah. Um, I don't have to do anything. And like, the direct deposit still comes through. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I don't have to take you deal with Anakin, I'm yeah, good. But, <laughs> hey, but you know, all of that is part of the writing of the show. And, um, Tony Gilroy, uh, who was the series creator, um, he actually wrote five episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Bo Willimon, you know, who some people may remember from House of Cards, he wrote three. 
And, uh, you know, both these guys know a lot about TV. And, you know, I think some of these were just, it, they were, it, it was incredible the way it was all put together. You mentioned Mon Mothma earlier. Mon, um, it, I mean, when I realized in that one episode that her husband wasn't really gambling, she went through that whole pretense mm -hmm. to throw them off. I was like, oh, girl, you slick. Check you out. You well, know, she, I she, really, I'm not gambling anymore. She yeah. accuses him. Yes, so exactly. Sets, so it sets up that whole thing that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Because she, no, she knows. Mm -hmm. she, she said before, my chauffeur is listening to me. Uh, yes. Yes, at least she knew. Oh, the other thing that I just wanted to throw in was uh, the fact that this was also a departure from what they've done with recent Star Wars series in that they built real sets to do this That's stuff. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. the, unlike, and, and hey, Mandalorian was beautiful, but a lot of that stuff they did in front of green screen, it didn't matter. But this... They built these full-size sets on Pinewood yeah, Studios yeah. lot and shot this thing, and it's like, wow, look at this. I mean, it's just, and there's a there's a real feel to all of this stuff that carries through, and it's just really remarkable. I mean, I'm I'm even though you know how Cassie and Andor's story ends, uh, you know, I I'm still absolutely fascinated by it, and uh, you know, I, it kind of disturbed by what you see of the rebellion and the necessity there is for them to conduct business like this. Well, there's that scene where Mon Mothma confronts Luthen and says, people are going to suffer, and he says, that was always the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's what it comes down to. And, he, and he's right. It's like, you don't fire up a rebellion with a, a population that's content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I understand that aspect of it, of like the whole, like it's very easy when we can see that the bad guys wear black and the good guys wear white, and it's very <laughs> clear. But like, this is not real life. Like, the real life is there's shades of gray. And right. like, there's, you can't, like, you can't fight fascism. You can't fight this kind of evil by just being like, well, we're really upset and we're going to write a letter. Like, it just doesn't, <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't work. I have like, to speak to the manager. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. one character that really bothered me was uh, Mon's cousin, that Vel Sartha. Really? I mean, yeah. Well, you know why? Because she acted. She was talking all big and bad and acting tough. But then, when time came to actually go with the heist, she's like, "Should we go? Should we go?" You know, asking her girl, "Should we go?" And her girl was all in. You know, she was a true well, believer. And but then, so, mm, as, yeah, as somebody who who served, I, I can that happens, like. That is so real. Like, there are so many people who, like, during, like, training are like, oh, I'm the biggest badass that's ever been on the badass planet of badass. <laughs> and then when stuff goes down, you freeze. And it's never, like, an indictment on the person. It just happens. Do you know, do you so, know, how, like, I, do you know how I saw it, Mike? I saw it as, you know, Vel is in the moment. She's done all this stuff. She's gotten right up to the edge. And until then, yeah. she has been this little rich girl playing rebel out in the field there and this go. Yeah. and this is the moment of truth and mm. she really has to commit mm -hmm. one way or the other and after she commits she's a rebel yeah yeah and and There's she's, no she's a different she's a different person after that yeah she is Dude, well in Camille, some Camille ways was saying that episode 10 was was just like a work of art that episode the heist is one of my favorite Star Wars things I've ever seen. When they're when they're flying out of there and that like light show is basically going. Oh, that was very cool. So cool. And poor Nemix. 
you know. Oh, mm. that guy. Oh, I felt so bad. He was a true oh. believer, too. I liked how they brought his manifesto yeah. back, though, and how, yeah. uh, you know, Andor was watching it. Hey, but another, I just got to give a shout out to another character that's Senta. Sent to Kaz, you know, because now and yeah, yeah, but see, and here's where I'm going. This is part of my problem with, uh, you know, Vel Sartha, because, okay, in that last episode, you know, here, you know, Vel goes there and Yacinta's been, you know, observing and, you know, undercover and all this. And, you know, first thing, and she's like, oh, you know, I mean, oh, looking for some lovey-dovey stuff, you know? It's like, oh, we haven't seen each other. It's again, Senta's a true belief. Senta's like, what are you What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, we got a job to do. You want to yeah. you you want to be like holding hands or whatever? Yeah, like that's supposed game. to be the first. Thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's my problem. She's focused. Yeah, you know. dude, and she was cold blooded with yeah. the ISB dude when she yes. caught him in the street. Oh, that it was. It was. Has anyone seen the theories mm. about um, the? I, f- I forget her name, but she works in the shop with Luthen. Oh, oh, oh later, later. Oh yeah. And oh, people yeah. saying that later. like. They've been comparing her to, to Leia. Yeah. And hmm. I'm just like, huh. And you know what's really strange? She really has a resemblance of Carrie Fisher. She kind of does. She really does. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that will mean anything. I don't know if it's anything, but I heard that theory and I kind of just looked at it. I'm like, that would be interesting. I, I'd be surprised if only because it seems like Leia's been, you know, in that politician trap yeah, on Alderaan. Yeah, been and, a and senator. That's, and that's and a whole thing. And I don't think you break away from that for a couple of years to be a shop girl. You know, even and work behind like, the scenes yeah. or something like so that. So I think it's I think it's a it's kind of red herring. But, but it is interesting because she of... does really look like her, which yeah. is wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would make sense though to have like I'm not saying that there's a, a tie there. I mean, there could be, but like it would make sense for Leia to follow in those footsteps because she is doing the senator thing, but also running a friggin' rebellion. You know, like so I could see where she would be in leagues with this, with this group of people. Because of what's going on, it's possible. but maybe not so openly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she'd be recognized exactly you know, because yeah, of her role be in the Imperial Senate. So yeah, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Organa's daughter is not going to be very inconspicuous. Oh, no, certainly <laughs> not. <laughs> but you know, hey, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's. Um, I don't know. Maybe she's got some connection, you know, or, or admires Leia somehow. Or she's I mean, just got she, a hell of a backbone. So I'd, I'd be interested to see where her thank arc you. goes. Yeah. Thank you. Well, she's another badass. Yeah. You know? and, and, and you know, look, Martin, and he had to put Luthen in his place a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. If he wasn't acting right, you know, and and you know, and Mike, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate it. My only thing is, don't be running around acting like a badass if you ain't a badass. I mean, it's just yeah. like you know, and especially if you know, and then you acting all tough. And for, and in fact, even with Mike, because she was acting tough with Mon, but then Mon started acting tough, and she's like, "You're tougher than I thought." Oh my god! Oh, you're, you're gonna. That's, oh. that's what makes this show so good. Is this is real? That's how people act. Yeah. 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 Mm, no, no doubt. Anyway, <laughs> so like I said, anxiously, anxiously awaiting the uh, the next season of this. If anything know? happens to B2 Emo, I riot. Mm. Oh my god, I love him so much. What a sweet little like, baby. There was, there was, <laughs> oh, the droid? He, I love that him. That droid yeah. made me tear up so many different times. Right? There was a like, great... At the end when he was just like, yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he was just like, you'll come back? And he's like, I promise, I will. And I'm like, oh god. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you've said that before. But we yeah. don't, but you know, we don't oh. see him. You know, And what I was wondering was, hey, when do we get to see, uh, you know, the uh, the big Imperial droid that they end okay, up too. turning? K2 yeah, you know? Ne- next season, I imagine. Yeah, well, clearly. Yeah. But uh, somebody said that the, the, the interesting thing about Andor is that everybody in Ferrix, that, that village, treated B with respect. 
Yes. Yeah. And you've yeah. never and seen a droid treated with that kind Although of respect. I was mad before. that he wasn't allowed to go with the body. Yeah, He's yeah. like, I can't go. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. why we're, are you ruining yeah. me? We're going to have to come back to this because we're out of time for this episode. <laughs> I'd like to thank my panelists and you two for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check that out if you go to the website at fantasticforum.tv. Also, we are available as a podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Great Refuge. Find the podcast on all the platforms where your favorite podcast can be found. Also, you can catch a rerun of the show each and every Sunday right here on WERA from 4 to 5. And make sure you come back for our first run episode, 4 to 5, every Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe, people.